Are you sick and tired of ads? Well, this is an ad telling you that you don't need to listen to ads. Stitcher Premium has some of your favorite shows ad-free, like The Joe Rogan Experience, My Favorite Murder, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, and the Marvel original, Wolverine the Long Night. It also includes early access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, comedy albums, and more. Go to stitcherpremium.com and upgrade your account for only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. Plus, sign up and use our offer code, CAPED, at checkout and get your first month for free. That's CAPED, C-A-P-E-D, for your first month free. Stitcher Premium. It's like Stitcher, but premium. This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Hello, citizens! Welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. That's us. We're not so super. No. This not month, so super. Not super month? I don't. Not so super month. That's right. We're three weeks into it. We should have a name for it by You'd now. You'd think. <laughs> this is the show where me and Brian have tied our hair together and now we're bonded for life. Oh, did we do that? Yeah, we, we blew cat. Sex? Is that how it works? I don't know. Neat. I don't know how any of this works. No, it's still. It's a mystery, mostly. We're talking Avatar. Avatar. I don't like the way you just put me in that position. 2009. 2009. Whoa. What a year to be alive. 10 years ago. Well, 11 years ago now. That's right. You chose this one. I did. Why'd you choose this one? I chose this movie because it is considered a pretty big movie. I would assume. Uh, box office-wise, some would box say it was the biggest until huge. last year. And uh, I've never seen it. How did this one slip under your radar? Uh, I don't know. I was doing a lot in 2009, I guess. Like? I'm graduating college. That's a day. I That's know. one day. That's one day. You do a I walk, really... and they give you a handshake, and then you, you get a piece of paper, and that's it. Yeah, but as I was doing the walk, I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to go see Avatar. That mid-walk. <laughs> 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 I mean, I get it. I totally get it. I don't know. This one just uh, slipped by me. Where do you sit with this movie? I've only seen it once before. Oh. It was in theaters. Oh, so in 2009. I was not graduating yet. Fair. So I had the time, apparently. Apparently. We're going off of that. After I saw this thing, I remember leaving the theater. I saw it in 3D. Important to note that. Okay. And I said, I'm never going to see a better movie in the movie theater ever again. Wow. Because the experience was perfect. 2009, Dave had glass half full. Yeah, of Semen, probably, because that was- Blue cat uh, yeah. man semen. That's right. I put my hair all over that theater after I was done with it. Just bonded with it all, because it was a great moment <laughs> in my life. My braided ponytail just whipped all around every seat in that theater. Yep. Some people rub their dicks on things. So you I rubbed my hair on things. really enjoyed it, I guess. I really, really did. Obviously, after thinking about it, years later, I went, you know, I've never had an urge to go back and see that thing. For Interesting. whatever reason. It seems like nobody else did either. No, and every time I think back on it, I'm like, it's just blue cats with dances with wolves. That's all it is. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. But I don't know. I'm curious to see how I feel after talking about it, because me and you actually did watch this one. Yes, we watched this one together. You didn't want to go home and watch it on your normal size TV. No, you I felt like I yeah. needed the full experience. I yeah, needed so the, the big screen and the- We had the 120-inch projector rolling with the sound turned way up. Way up. And I think that's the only way to really watch this thing. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Based on it being the only way I've ever seen it, Fair I think enough. you're probably right. Fair enough. What is this thing about? Well, Dave, I'm glad you asked. By the year 2154, humans have depleted all of Earth's natural resources. You that's, dopes. That's a generous timeline. <laughs> because we suck. <laughs> Luckily, there's a forest moon and uh, Fern Pandora circling around Polyphemus, which is a giant... Blue Jupiter. It's a Blupiter. Blupiter. And uh, on this planet is the lazily named Unobtainium, which they might as well have just called <laughs> MacGuffinum. Oh, what a stupid name for anything so in the world. Unobtainium. It's an element that can they can mine, and I don't know, make money. Sure. Save the environment. As you something do. Something like that. It's going to solve all their problems. On this planet, though, is a race of 10-foot-tall, naked blue cat people called the Navi. They are very tall. They're very naked. What do you think of the character design? It's uh, it's neat. It's different, but it's just tall blue cats with necklaces that cover up their nipples. Convenient, huh? They, they live in a very... They've evolved in a PG-13 world. Of course they have. This whole movie is very PG-13. Extremely PG-13. <laughs> but they're pretty neat. All right. I guess that's something. Yeah. It's also important to note that the air 
on Pandora is poisonous. There are very specific amounts of time that you can be exposed to the air. Remember this, or don't. It's probably not important. No, it's only what, oh boy, Brian has smashed his hands on the table. That Heavy-handed? Yeah. The, the first. The first. Okay. Oh, no. Poor table. It's going to get lit <laughs> up, I think. <laughs> we meet Jake Sully, played by Sam Worthington? Yeah, major superstar Sam That name that everybody, li- living in a car, Sam Worthington. Yep, down in a van by the river, just saying. Do you remember when I was in Avatar? He sounds like Michael Caine in this scenario. I like it. I don't. Still he's Sam Australian, isn't he? No, he's English. Is you, he? Yeah, you could tell in this movie. He's not American, first of I all. I could have swore he was Australian. Born in the UK. Well, what do I know? Unless he did one of those things where he moved to Australia at some point and then he was like slightly two. got that accent too because he cannot do an American accent. No, you're, you're just all. confusing the Marine accent. <laughs> hey, what? <laughs> hey, this Walt. is my rifle this is my gun nailed it absolutely nailed it he's a former marine with a dead twin brother and no use of his legs i was gonna say dead twin brother and dead legs seems important legs. but uh don't think it's gonna matter much in his character development for some reason uh no not at all it comes up once and you're like oh good on you okay carry on movie he's got a dead brother we'll yep. remember that for later maybe sure i doubt it He's replacing his twin brother in the Avatar program because he's a genetic match for his brother's avatar. Now, an avatar is a human-navi hybrid that can be piloted remotely from one of Joe Rogan's sensory deprivation tanks. <laughs> Correct. You might think, oh, cool, that's a great way to blend in with the natives and go unnoticed. And you'd probably be right, but they don't do that. No, it's because they wear clothes. They literally wear human clothes. <laughs> that they have to make special for these 12-foot blue cat people. Right. And they broadcast their presence as humans to all the Navi. Because they're holding machine guns. And also machine guns. Right. Jake is briefed by Colonel Miles Quaritch. Quaritch? Stephen Lang. He's basically just a skinny version of Cable from Deadpool 2. Right. He's very good at army man. Yeah. He does a good job. He is an army man. Now, you could be forgiven for not immediately knowing this guy's going to be the villain. Because it's not like he has a giant scar from a claw. He doesn't have, you know... Be prepared! Oh, One wait, of those? Wait, he he does have that? <sighs> okay. <laughs> That's two. <laughs> yeah, he's got big old claw marks on his face. Screams, good guy to me. <laughs> sure does. Jake goes to the sciencey part of these digs and meets up with Norm Spellman, Joel David Moore, which is not a name you should recognize, but if you see him, you're like, oh, that's the guy that hooks up with the monster lady from Globo Gym Team. Not even that. I always think of him in Grandma's Boy. Really? Please sit on my face. <laughs> There's that too. <laughs> and Dr. Grace Augustine, played by Sigourney Weaver. She somehow ended up in this movie. She sure for did. For reasons, I'm sure. Uh, alien stuff. Star power. They said, <laughs> we got Sam Worthington. We need someone you're actually going to know. Right. Get it's me funny. Sigourney Weaver. Are you sure? That's the best you got? <laughs> That's what you want? <laughs> James Cameron, what are you doing, bud? I guess the studio wanted like Matt Damon and Jake Gyllenhaal. And they're like, no, Sam Worthington is the way to Perfect. go on this. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. Jodie Foster and Jamie Lee Curtis were also looked at for the role of Dr. Grace. Star power. Yeah, star power. 80s star power. And neither of these two are fans of Jake. That's because he's a jarhead. He's not a science boy. Like, right. all these guys are the nerds. Right. They're like, and then he's also playing like double agenting for, for Scarface. Yeah. Dr. Sigourney Weaver stomps off to find Giovanni Ribisi. Yes, this character has a name, but it doesn't matter because it's Giovanni fucking Rabisi. He's the best. He's so good in everything he does. Everything. And you always like him, even when he's bad. So she's all like, what am I supposed to do with this Jake guy? I need his dead brother, the nerd. And that's a conversation he probably could have had, you know, during the six years it took for him to get to the planet. <laughs> Giovanni Rabisi's like, ah, we had the stuff, so here he is. He'll keep you safe or something. I don't know. I don't know. You, I, got, the, you got the blue body. You know, put him in it. See what happens. Slap him on in there. So that's how we're going to start off. The next morning, Jake and Norm are getting used to their avatars for the first time, but they got to take it slow. Jake doesn't. Jake doesn't want to. Because he's now like, he I have legs. Yes. So he's going to go running. Yeah, he runs out the door and then runs to the woods, and everyone's like, Jake, you dick, what are you doing? There's like this whole avatar training yard, and there's like, I don't know, a hundred of these avatars. Yeah. But for the rest of the movie, there's three. Correct. There's three of them. And Norm barely counts. He is... At the beginning and at the end. Yeah. And that is it. He must have found somebody from Globo Gym. Sure. He's hooking up with a unibrow lady. <laughs> Jake finds out he's got a braided ponytail that has tendrils on it. And then he sleeps and the avatar link is broken. 
So the way it works is, I, I don't even know if it's sleep officially, because towards the end of the movie, he just closes his eyes and he's back. Yeah. But, I don't know. Yeah. You have to, like, tap into it. When he sleeps as the Avatar, he goes back he to goes the back body. He goes back to, yeah. So I don't understand. It, I mean, you have to just consciously untap. They don't really get into that, do no, they? No, they don't. I, I don't know the rules set up in this. No. No, I, I don't know if you're supposed to. I don't think you are. But as somebody who struggled to get through the first 40-some-odd minutes of this movie, this is probably where it should have started. Brian almost fell asleep. I had to wake him up at one point. <laughs> and he went, boy, this is slow. <laughs> the next morning, Jake meets his pilot, Trudy, Michelle Rodriguez, and he's assigned as her door gunner. Yes. Yesterday, he wasn't allowed to walk. Today, he's a door gunner. Yes. The that nat- all checks out. The natural progression of things. That's how it works in the Marines. I have seen Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> Skinny Cable tells Jakey Boy that he's going to be a great asset. He can use all the things the nerds teach him to get rid of these damn indigenous people so he can obtain that sweet, sweet unobtainium. And for his efforts, he'll be given brand new legs, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> going to get his own shrimping boat. He's going to get brand new legs. He's going to get ice cream. Oh, Lieutenant Dan, <laughs> ice cream. Jake relinks to his avatar and joins human Trudy, Avatar Norm, and Avatar Sigourney Weaver on their mission into the wilderness to collect samples. Exciting stuff. Thrilling. I'm thrilled. Yeah. Well, he's chilling and checking out some flowers or mushrooms or whatever they are. And then he comes face to face with a big old hammerhead rhino, not pleased with his presence, and charges him. Played by Tim Robbins. (laughs) I was like, what? I don't know. I'm just naming things from the 80s because I figure that's what they want to do here. (laughs) Actually, not that far off. Played by the Tyrannosaurus from Jurassic Park. Oh, right. Good for him. Yeah. 93, not quite 80s. Nope, but still got a SAG card. He needs get, to stay active. Still getting it no It all work. checks out. It charges him, but it gets scared off by a giant aggressive panther Pokemon who's even more dangerous. <laughs> a panther Pokemon? I mean, that's what it is. Let's be honest. Sure, fine. <laughs> Jake runs off and escapes the creature, but Trudy, Norm, and Sigourney all have to return to the base, and they don't expect Jake to survive the night. Six years to get there, one day to fuck it up. I feel like all right. they're like, he's not going to survive the night, but all he has to do is go to sleep and he's back. And like, oh, he might lose the avatar, but he's still going to be still alive. He's still going to be totally fine. Even if he does get eaten, <laughs> he probably he's just still goes back to fine. the Yeah. <laughs> Rules, Brian. Rules. Apparently, there aren't any. What are they good for? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. But guess what? Nothing. He does survive the night. Yeah, with fire. Uh, and and friends. New friends. Thanks to the help of Neytiri. Is that how you say her name? Yep. Neytiri. Box office queen, Zoe Saldana. She is the box office queen. Oh, my God. The money that this lady rakes in. It's insane. Whew. Top two films of all time. Yeah. Man. And some others on the list. Yeah. It, what, the crazy thing is, when you think about this, for 10 years, this was the highest earning film of all time. Yeah. Going off of what you're saying, my question to you is, how? Uh, That is a great question. Word of mouth? Just uh, I don't know. I don't get it. Just people going, you got to see this thing in 3D, man. That was probably me. And I, I would say, avoid that chair. I put my hair on it. <laughs> but I don't know. There were things I saw people were like, it should, it's criminal that they're showing this in 2D in some theaters. And I was like, I can Damn. buy that, though. Because, I mean, we saw it in 2D. And there was a part where I actually had to remind you. I said, one note's crazy. None of what you see is real. And you went, oh, shit. Yeah. This movie tricks you. I did say, oh, shit. This movie plays a magic trick on you the entire time. Yeah. Anyway, Neytiri decides not to kill him because some giant glowing dandelion fluff seems to be a fan of him. <laughs> Top grossing film of all time <laughs> for 10 years. This magical dandelion fluff saying, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, you're alive. You're, you're don't, fine. Don't kill this guy. I'm going to make a shirt on him. Sure. <laughs> so she brings him to her parents, who obviously run this whole deal, and they decide he can stay, but she has to teach him. For reasons. For reasons. I think it's because he's the first warrior that went there, and they know that the warriors, like Marines and stuff like that, are the ones against them. Right. And I think to them, if they can prove that they can turn this one, then there's hope or of like okay. turning it back, or possibly that he's going to try to help turn the Marines to their side. So he's kind of playing yeah. quadruple agent at that point. Something I like that. I don't even know. That's interesting that you picked up on all that, because I did not. You were busy picking your hands up, your heavy hands. I think at that point I was probably asleep, actually. It's possible, but also, <laughs> I mean, the story so far. What a roller coaster. Sure is. So they bring him to a bed, which is a giant leaf, high up in the home tree, and he falls asleep, and he's back in the lab, because that's how it works. Yep. Norm is bummed because the new guy got the good job, 
Sigourney Weaver good has- guy get the Good guy had to run away from Poke Panther. <laughs> what makes that the good job? Well, now they're like, ah, we're going to let him do stuff because he's, you know- In. In. Sigourney Weaver has all of a sudden forgotten how much she hated him yesterday. And the military guys are super jazzed about all the intel he can provide. Turns out the home tree sits on top of the largest deposit of unobtainium there is, making it super unobtainable. Go ahead. Yep. <laughs> Three. Long story short. Oh, now you do it. Great. <laughs> Jake trains with Neytiri and reports back to the military guys. He finds out his braided ponytail can plug into various animals and he can control them. Neat. It's so odd. It, it is so it's just wild weird that that's thing. the choice that they went with. I understand world building. Yeah. But at some point you have to go, James Cameron, you made Titanic. What are you doing? Yeah. Why is every creature on your planet- Fuckable. Have a USB Legitimately, port. everyone- No, it's not because you're calling this bonding. And whenever you right. connect your hair to like the lady, the lady Navi, you boned her. Are you fucking horses? These flying dragon horses? Are you all that? Are, I don't understand. I You're don't like, know plug either. your hair in. Oh, now you have a connection. The first everything is important for yeah. this. So the first thing you connect with is always yours forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of pressure to put on a guy who's only been this species for a day or two. Right. <laughs> the Navi think Jake is a moron. Sigourney Weaver isn't one, so she moves Jake away from the military bros in a mobile lab in the Hallelujah Mountains. I like how she picks up on Jake is kind of double agenting. Yeah. But Jake, I feel like, just thinks he's doing a job. Right. And I don't even think Jake knows what job he's doing. Right. At this point, I think he's just, he's like, whatever's going to, you know, get me through this, get me my legs. I think possibly, I think the legs really, they don't mean anything in this. You're right. They I don't really think they don't do either. He seems just genuinely curious. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I wonder if so. Maybe know, he's like just... his life has like a use again because I feel like when he lost his legs, we didn't hear anything about it for the most part. That's true. But he did say that he kind of felt like useless almost. Yeah. How he can't do much, but here when he gets the legs, I got a use now. Yeah. I'm a tool. I'm going to, I guess, learn what I have to learn. He stops reporting in at one point also. Right. Later on, and he gets called out on it. But it's just interesting how he's the only gear in this cog, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's his. Self-interest, or not even self-interest, but his interest in what's happening that's driving everything forward for both sides at this point. So, Sort of. Okay. Sort of. We'll talk about it later. While stationed in the Hallelujah Mountains, he grows closer to the Navi, learning their language, plugging into a tiny dragon and riding it, learning how to use a bow and arrow. You know, alien stuff. It's a much shorter version of How to Train Your Dragon. Also, <laughs> worse, How to Train Your Dragon is fantastic. It's a delightful movie. When he's flying with Neytiri, they encounter a big yellow and red dragon thing that's got a backstory, so you know it won't come back later. She tells him the last person to ride one of them was her grandfather's grandfather, who used the animal to unite the five Navi tribes in a time of great sorrow. The person that can tame and ride one of those bad Larrys even gets a special title, Toruk Mato. Kind of sounds like tomato. Kind of sounds like Turok. Rider of the Last Shadow. Good old N64 game. All right, that's four. That's the one that I did... While we were watching the movie. Right. I was like, oh, that's pretty heavy-handed. Right. Jake, at this point, is all in on that Navi life. But Colonel Skinny Cable lets him know that his time is up. He's provided the necessary intel. He's being sent home to get them new legs. He says he'd rather stay and get the Navi to leave on their own. And he's just about to be initiated into their tribe, so they'll listen. They seem honorable enough that, yeah, They're like, they, all right. they might. Yeah, go ahead. Go in there and try to convince him to leave. That's fine. So Jake goes to this ceremony that's supposed to induct him into their tribe and he's part of the tribe now so naturally Nateri is like you need to choose a woman now yeah now you're in the tribe now I need you to be in my hair and he's like you bitch and she's like <laughs> I thought so so they do it right there on whatever holy site they're at it's a giant blue CGI cat person sex scene right there at the Navi equivalent of a Washington DC war memorial yep never thought that sentence would ever be uttered in my life and, and here we are it's so weird yeah yeah, uh, top grossing film of all time for 10 years. Right, right, right. Throw that out there again. Like, I, I saw, like, okay, they're probably going to touch their tendrils or whatever. I didn't know that they were going to just do regular stuff, too. Yeah, like, they like mix a, it up. Like a Skinamax, just the most PG-13 sex you've you ever seen. You know that somebody would is looking for that on, like, whatever tube is available now. Blue, I don't- It would be blue tube. Fine. On blue account t- of- <laughs> Or cat people tube. Do you think they, like, exchanged ideas? Do you think Natiri knows what she's doing besides the hair touching? I don't know. I don't I know either. Maybe once they connect, she's like, oh, that's how they do it. Let's switch it up. What's a dog? 
what is, what is this cowgirl you speak of? <laughs> oh, it goes backwards, too. <laughs> the next morning, shit starts getting real. The military bros are moving in with giant bulldozers and mining equipment. They're tired of waiting. Once Jake finishes his eggs, he zaps over into his avatar and busts out the cameras, the big old machine, so they can't be operated remotely anymore. But it's kind of too late because they still demolish the Holy Land, this whatever this holy site is. Yeah, and they also see his face and they and, go, yeah. hey, that blue one. We know that blue face. Colonel Skinny Cable's like, oh, that's Jake. Let's put a stop to this. So they storm the science lab and one by one wake everybody up, breaking their links to the avatars. Yeah, nerds. Sigourney tries to plead her case to Giovanni Rabisi. She's all like, the trees are all connected through a neural network, and their god is real, and so on and so forth. Top they'll never leave the, the time for 10 years. They'll never leave the home tree. Right. Jake's like, give me an hour, bro. And Giovanni Rabisi is a reasonable guy, so he's like, all right, I'll give you an he hour. He is kind of reasonable. He is. Briefly. Briefly. I don't know if it was a full hour. I don't think they gave him a full hour. <laughs> you looked like you were ready for me to do a, another Favreau salute there for a second. I was anticipating it. Okay. I didn't have one right there. Interesting. But it seems like you might have. A little bit. Okay. I don't know if I can trust Giovanni Rubisi. That's fair. Because I understand he's doing it for business. Right. But I don't know where his allegiances lie. And he doesn't ever show it. Never. No, you never find out what his deal is. No, he's definitely a wild card in this thing, but he's not used as a wild card at all. Because a wild card at least has some motivation. We just don't know it. It seems like Giovanni Rubisi is just... There. A man on the screen. I'm just going to be the guy that everybody can come talk to when they need to get to the boss man. Sure. So Jake and Sigourney Weaver go back. Like, it's the Matrix. They go back in. Sure. And then Navier are like, y'all know this is going to happen, huh? Get the hell out of (laughs) here. You know what? Completely justified. So uh, their hour is not going to go well. They get tied up, and all the Navi leave. Colonel Skinny Cable's men take down the home tree. Yeah, they blast that sucker. Just throwing the smoke bombs and then blow yeah. the whole damn thing up. Takes a lot of firepower, but- A lot. Those are marine lumberjacks if I've ever seen them. Absolutely. And meanwhile, the Navi are like, hey, we got arrows. They start shooting the arrows at these machines. They're smarter than this. They have to be, they right? They have to be, right? They have the whole knowledge of all of their ancestors. And- right. And their their ancestors didn't go, do not shoot the metal bird. Or In Navi, of course. Right. Of course. But I, I don't understand- any of that. Sometimes you just got to do what you we can with what you have. Run? Run would have been a good option, too? Run was the second option, and they quickly switched to option B. They did, but unfortunately, when a very, very, very large tree falls, cannot state how large this tree is. Huge tree. When that falls, it's probably going to fall on you. Yeah. And that's a problem. It's definitely going to fall in a direction. Try right. not to be running in it. Don't run that direction. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's what they do. Yes. And a lot of them get crushed. Yeah, it goes badly. Uh, Natiri's dad dies and her mom frees the human avatars. Jack and Sigourney get nowhere in the hour they were granted and are promptly arrested. Oh, They get ripped out of the avatar machine. Norm too. Just because he's nerdy. And he's I don't still know. there. You, science man! He punched a guy who was trying to Norm Bring, stepped up. He did. He did a thing. He did a thing. With his weird goatee. Sure. The Navi all gather at the Tree of Souls. Sounds ominous. It's not. It's not. It's just where they go once Home Tree's gone. Right. Trudy. Remember Trudy? She was, Rodriguez. She was disgusted by the destruction of Home Tree and leaves the battlefield and breaks her pals out of jail. She's the only one. Only one who was disgusted in all of this. She's like, this is wrong. I'm I have go back. lines. I need an arc. Yeah, pretty much. So she flies them away from the military base, but Skinny Cable shoots wildly at them as they flee and hits Sigourney Weaver. Trudy picks up a mobile lab with a helicopter and brings them near the Tree of Souls. It's good they got their own little base now set up. Yeah, away from everything. and Sure. They can't be found because there's like glitches with the area or whatever. Or whatever. Or whatever, you know. Jake knows he's got to do something crazy to win back the favor of the Navi. So he goes and finds that big old Moltres-looking dragon and leaps down on top of it. <laughs> because in theory... Four generations, nobody's ever tried to attack it from above. It's a cool line, she says. You figure that the biggest cat in the the world here, or whatever we're in, doesn't have any reason to look up. Sure. He e- couldn't except have that broken they, that down. They all ride dragons. Yes. Somebody's definitely been above it. Yes. Anyway, quickly cut to the Tree of Souls where the Navi are assembled, and Jake is landing with his epic bird thing. And the Navi are like, What? Captain America can lift Thor's hammer? <laughs> What? You, who you were just mad at. Wow. Because of this, suddenly Jake and Natiri are cool again. She says, you put your hair inside me, and he went. 
And he's you like, put yeah. your hair inside me. I see. And you. she's like, no, you put your hair inside. And he's like, you put my hair inside. <laughs> we see each other. Yeah, this is what we're saying. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Jake convinces them to try to save Sigourney Weaver. The plan is to permanently move her consciousness. Hold on. Do you think male cat Navi people have wieners? Well, they're covering something with those loincloths. They are. And do you think that the ladies have vagines? Probably. So what I don't are they think... doing putting their hair together? It's how they connect mentally. It's a. I get that, but Jake's not link. programmed that way. But his avatar is. His avatar is. He's not. He's still him. Yeah, that's why they did both at the same time. That is complicated. <laughs> that's too it's much to so think about. Complicated. That's what. It, that's not even sixty nine at that point. No, that's like that's infinitying. Oh my god! You're connected in all Multiple, sorts of ways. You just keep going there. Yeah, to infinity and beyond. That's the tagline for this movie. It's a <laughs> Disney movie. It makes sense. Yeah, well, it is now. James Cameron called up the creep John Lasseter and said, hey, hey, I know you couldn't put the cat fucking thing in your toys movie, <laughs> but <laughs> I got a spot for it. Let me have it. <laughs> Do you want to come in and just direct that one scene? I'll let you inappropriately talk to ladies. I'll give you one hour, and then just I'm like Giovanni Ravizzi <laughs> gave one hour. <laughs> and then I'm going to nail gun your cell phone to the wall. Right. It's a thing he did on set. If somebody's cell phone went off, he had a nail gun next to him, and he would nail their cell phones to the wall. I mean, I get it. It's amazing. For what it's worth. It's amazing. When I was working on Wolf of Wall Street, it was understood silence on set. Of course. Silence. So if it got too loud, Martin Scorsese would come on set, and like he was holding a, like a machine gun. He would go, bah, 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 to get everyone quiet. It was awesome. Sure. I can understand nail gunning. Nail gunning people's cell phones. I love it. James Cameron. I get it. Yeah, Jimmy Camry. He just reaches in his back pocket, pulls out that Oscar for Titanic and just goes, listen, fucks. Oh. Give me your phone. Yeah, yeah I heard it. Give it over. Nail gun. Pow. Don't make me put my hair inside you. Whoa. But then you get all of his memories, right? I don't know. I don't know how it works. <laughs> Maybe. I, for some reason, I feel like you're going to get more memories if James Cameron puts his dick in you. I don't know why. He, that, you're definitely creating a memory. That checks out. I, I don't know. <laughs> so Jake convinces them to try to save Sigourney Weaver. The plan is to permanently move her consciousness to her avatar, but it doesn't work, and she goes on to live with the Navi god Ewa, or whatever. She She's dead. She she dies. Yes. So now Jake's like, all right, let's fight these clowns. And they do. Jake asks for help from Ewa through his hair USB uplink nonsense. He fucks the tree and asks his god if she'll help. Yeah. Real, and, for a PG-13 movie, real sex heavy. <laughs> and Terry's like, sorry, it doesn't work that way, brah. Then there's a big battle. Some Navi die, some humans die. It's pretty epic. They got their dragon things to take down helicopters, and Skinny Cable is coming in hot with a big old bomb to drop in the Tree of Life. Trudy gets blown up. Suddenly, all of the creatures of Pandora join the fight, and Terry's like, it does work that way, brah. Yeah, you did upload the good stuff. Nice. Jake takes down the bomber ship, and Skinny Cable leaps out in a mech suit, because that's a thing in this movie. Just because aliens existed with Sigourney Weaver. Right. It all is coming back. And he conveniently lands right near the mobile lab. That was double. <laughs> Count it. That we're at six. There he fights Nateri, who was riding that jacked panther Pokemon from earlier. Skinny Cable has the upper hand, but Jake arrives just in time. Because, of course. And the two fight, and Skinny Cable does serious damage to the mobile lab, causing human Jake to be exposed to the toxic air inside his Joe Rogan sensory deprivation tank. Right. And I don't want to brush past this part of, this all looks amazing. Oh, it does. It looks, it looks phenomenal. Unlike anything you're ever going to see, and... And that's unfortunately how this we're on an audio lives. medium, so it's impossible to go and describe everything. So, right, right. Use your your mind's eye. Just as it seems, Skinny Cable is one. Nateri launches not one but two arrows directly into his chest. Boromir style. Oh yeah. She rushes aboard the mobile lab to find old Jakey No Legs passed out on the floor next to an air mask. Jakey No Legs. He... What are you doing, Brian? <laughs> and he couldn't quite reach. You're saying it's like a mob hit almost. That's what a Jakey No Legs is. <laughs> this is a disabled man. He's, he's <laughs> lying on the floor trying to reach the air thing, but he he can't on account of the No Legs. Right. Um, so, Lieutenant Dan doesn't need the help to get up. So there. she puts it on him, and he's fine. And I, they're like, and they're like, I see you, I, I see you, you. and like, this should be an emotional moment. But and actually, for real, right now, but not. also, there's not, there's we're, no emotional weight none, in this scene. Zero. I think uh, we're we're gonna talk about it. I'll tell you why. I think that's the reason. But okay, keep going. All right. The humans get sent back to Earth, save for a few of the good ones like Norm. 
Jake decides he wants to transfer his consciousness into his avatar, like they tried to do with Sigourney Weaver before. Because the avatar's got legs and he doesn't. Well, he has them. They just don't work. They just don't work. Right. And this time, it works. Yay. And he opens his eyes, and that's- Avatar. Avatar. The last air- Oh, nope. Not that one. Not that one. The other one. The, the first, Just Avatar, full stop. Full stop. It sounded, sounded bad from that, but it looked so good the whole time. The entire movie is unreal, the way it looks. It's, There's nothing else ever made that looks anything close to this movie. Mm. It looks amazing. Mm. For an entire world of CGI- For a 2009 world of CGI, yes. It looks- what, what do you got now that looks the same? That's a world of CGI. Well, the thing is, it's it's 60% CGI. More than half. Right, but it's not entirely CGI. Well, it's a lot of like mocap and, and stuff like that. I get and that. And things but... like your Panther Pokemon they do look not good. look real. They look shiny. Yeah. Looked odd. But mostly phenomenal, phenomenal right. job. Very well done. Do you wish you saw this thing in 3D? Absolutely. Would you go see it in 3D if it came out in theaters again? Would you uh, which want it, to watch it which again? It will. And it yes, will. I probably would. Surprise it didn't come out again this year. They're going to put it out again before the sequels come out. They have right. to. Oh, yeah. And if you liked that, get ready for four more of them. Right. Because, I mean, James Cameron's going to be standing outside of the theater with just a whole packet of member berries just going, remember <laughs> this movie? Remember this? Well, Top grossing film for 10 here's, years. Here's where I think what he's doing is kind of brilliant. It takes six years to get from Earth to Pandora. All right. So now we have four years missing. Well, no, it takes six years for them to leave Pandora, get back to Earth, regroup, and come back. That's 12 years. And that's what you think he's doing? He's, not intentionally. He's real-timing it? Not intentionally, but it's working out that way. What a genius. <laughs> oh, that James Cameron, he had to wait for the technology to catch up again so he could do it and make everything look good. First of all, I think that is one of the greatest filmmaking moves ever. Oh, he yeah. had the script in the 90s. Yeah. He wanted it to release in 99, but- Production companies were like uh, $400 million right. not touching it. But then he went, I made Titanic 12 years ago. And they said, oh, good enough. <laughs> that works. James Cameron is a fascinating guy. He's one of those guys where whenever he puts out a movie, it's an event. Yeah. Because in his career, you have the Terminator. So he came out gangbusters. Before that, he had Piranha 2, the spawning, of course. Oh, God, who could forget that? Talk about an event. But then he had Aliens. Right. Which is massive it's better than the, the first one by a long shot and i'd like the first one yeah the abyss terminator 2 judgment day which changed the game of course for a that lot has... of things that movie is on another level still yeah and it doesn't matter that their their cgi stuff is lifeless in that right right <laughs> then he did true lies with arnold schwarzenegger oh, yeah. again and then he did titanic and then he did avatar that's crazy. But he's done a whole bunch of like video shorts and stuff in between, but everything he touches is gold. It's got that golden touch. But I just find it very cool creatively that he chose not to make Avatar because he's like, the technology's not where it needs to be yet. This is not the movie I want to make. Right. That is amazing to me. It's a good move. I feel like a lot of people now couldn't do that. They'd be like, I can't afford to not have a job. <laughs> right, right. Like, I'll just figure out another way to do it. And he goes, oh, no, I'll, I'll repurpose this, this isn't script my, for this, something else. Yeah, this isn't my vision that I have of it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So Simple my, as that. My mom had a dream about blue cat people, and I'm going to make it and a movie. Of course. We've all been there. I get it, James Cameron. <laughs> but what do you, after talking about this thing, what do you think about this movie after talking about it now? I think it is a visually arresting, shallow movie. Shallow in what sense? Uh, just there's no depth to the plot or the characters. I mostly agree with you, because I think the storytelling is just subpar. I feel like it's just a vehicle it's in order a, to yeah. get the visuals across, even. Exactly. Because the story's nothing. It's Dances with Wolves, where you have- Right. It's your, Pocahontas. It's- Exactly. Fern Gully. It's- Yeah. Right. Where you have your outsider becoming an insider. That's it. Yeah. Exactly For that. two hours, 42 minutes. <sighs> Forgot about that runtime. It's a weird runtime, because you feel it the first hour. Yeah. But and then, then the next- you too. don't feel it. You really don't feel it. <laughs> they go by so fast. Yeah, and it's only broken up by two major set-piece wars. Yeah. Which is kind of neat the way it plays out. But I think the way that I always looked at this movie, and I think James not fucking Horner plays a big role in this. He's the composer behind this thing. <laughs> and it was funny because when me and Brian were watching, I went, that sounds like the movie Troy. And there are so many things that he takes out of that soundtrack and puts. Yeah. And I don't know which came first. It doesn't matter. But I think Troy came first. I think first, Troy came first, so. but there's like such little touches that they take out of it. There's no emotion behind the soundtrack at all. No. No, I agree with that. And it's the point that I feel like 
we should have some emotional moments in this thing where it's set up to be emotional. Like the ICU thing at the end should right. be a big hit, but there's nothing behind it. Right. There's nothing. It's just tones. Right. Just, and I mean, who really dies in this thing? Trudy. Trudy. Fine. Yeah. We barely know Trudy. Who uh, the dad, the Navi dad guy dies. It's like, we don't have right. any connection to him at all. Inconsequential characters die. But what would happen if Sam, if Sam Worthington died? What would happen if Jake died? <sighs> It would all hinge on the reaction of everybody else, and I just don't think that the CGI performance would have been there. So you're going Marvel writing staff on that one. I am. And I think that's the right move, because the way I would describe this movie is it doesn't have a driver. And what I mean by it doesn't have a driver, there's kind of a theory behind this of when you're driving a car. Yeah. When somebody hits your car, what do you say? Somebody hit me. Right, right. But no one hit you. You're driving a car. Someone hit your car. But the thing is that you embody oh, this car. Yeah. And when you embody this car, it means that you, you kind of make it your own, yeah. if you will. It becomes an extension of you. Absolutely. I feel like good storytelling has a character that becomes an extension of yourself. So when right. you think of something, what's something we talked about in the past that we can kind of get away with that? When you think of something like Shazam. Yeah. Shazam is a human boy who becomes super, and he still kind of stays a human boy even in a big man's body. Absolutely, we're actually he does. able to connect with him, right, on an emotional level. There's something there to, yeah, exactly. to recognize yourself in. Exactly, I think that this movie is just an empty vehicle. Yeah, and it, for pretty visuals, and that's I agree with it. That. That's yeah. that's Avatar in I my guess, mind at least, and I like this movie. I do too. I don't think it's yeah, a bad movie. I don't think I it's just a bad movie at all. Think it's. There's no depth to it. No, but I do think you need a 120-inch screen minimum in order to enjoy this thing. <laughs> I can't imagine this thing on like a 55 I don't know inch. if I could rewatch this on on my TV at home. And it wouldn't have any of the same I don't think I would it. get through the first 40 minutes. You didn't hear. I know. <laughs> when you watched it. So I get it. <laughs> so what did you think of Sam Worthington? Our lead? Yeah, our lead. <laughs> Again, the empty vehicle? I yeah. think going back to it, I don't want to put too much weight on that. I think it's tricky because he was put in an unfair situation. First of all, he's English slash possibly Australian. Who knows? I don't. It's kind of like dodgeball and the possibly Canadian. <laughs> he's put in an unfair situation because we can't relate with him because he's not there. Right. He's in a uh, in a Joe Rogan, a Joe Rogan sensory, sensory deprivation, deprivation tank. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's hard to connect with someone who we understand is a human, but we're seeing him as a big blue cat. Right. How and are we supposed to connect with that? Of the three big blue cats, he's the one who looks least like the actor portraying him. Correct. Well, it's supposed to look like his twin brother. Whoops. Oh, huh. that's why it didn't yeah, look like him. No, no. Nah, that makes sense. It's tricky to even discuss this part because as a human being, me, yeah. I'm a human being, believe it or not. What? <laughs> I'm not just a cat that rubs my hair on things. <laughs> it's hard to ask us to connect to a human in general. Yeah. But then when we know that there's a big blue cat out there who's really human after it's all. It's another step it's removed. It's just another step removed, and you're kind of... Uh, yeah. I don't, it's so weird. It's very hard to connect with this character. It is, and you tell us this is the lead. It's like, does it have to be? <laughs> could, could you make something? It kind of makes me wish that this was more of an ensemble thing. Yeah. And, I mean, the voiceover doesn't help because he narrates for weird chunks of the movie. Right, right. He's doing a, a video log the entire time. Right. It almost makes me wish that this was like an Avengers type feel. I understand the Avengers is a bunch of characters that have their own pieces. Sure. But they all have their own bits within the movie. Right. There's no true lead except for Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> he's kind of the lead of the Avengers, but at the same time, he's not. But at the same time, yeah. It almost makes me wish that they went ensemble with this thing of, why don't we get a little bit of backstory about Susan Sarandon? Why don't we get a little bit of backstory about Norm? Why don't we get a little <laughs> bit of backstory about I wish it was Susan Sarandon. I confuse her and Sigourney Weaver all the time. That's fair. I'm them blind. <laughs> them blind. Just those two. <laughs> Just those two. That's not true. I've, I'm lots of people blind. I've talked about it before. <laughs> That's true. That is true. But I wish we got those types of backstories instead of just focusing on someone I just don't give a shit about. And they didn't even really give us his backstory. They just plopped him on a planet and said, here's the guy. He's got a dead brother. Also, no legs. Go. Go ahead and- Go ahead and roll your way through this story. You know, see if you identify with this guy. And I guess James Cameron wanted an unknown actor because he wanted somebody who had a, a real quality, somebody you could have a beer with. Why couldn't he pick literally anyone like, else? I would definitely have a beer with Jake Gyllenhaal. I totally would, but I don't think he would have been very good in this movie. No? No. No. That's fair. Uh, Sam Worthing does do some cool facial things. I think he really leaned in hard when he had the mocap on in order to make it go through. Because I, think- I think, yeah, I think he definitely expressed more emotion 
in the mocap than he ever did out of Zoe it. Zoe Saldana went to town on the mocap. Absolutely. And it came through the performance, Big for time. sure. There were a few times where it went uncanny valley and was creepy. It was amazing. Like when she's yelling at Jake at yeah. the end of them. Oh, man, it's good. She's yeah. really good in this. She's very good. She's good in everything, though. That's very, very true. So there's a reason she makes movies just buku bucks. Sure, but who else would you have cast not Jake Gyllenhaal? Who do you think could have done those facial type expressions that's young enough? Don't say Jim Carrey. Chris Pratt. Of course, Chris Pratt. <laughs> it's always Chris Pratt. I had to take your he, joke he on that one. He wasn't good enough then. He wasn't big no, enough then. he auditioned, and they were like, Mm-mm. Who are you? And they're like, I'm an unknown, damn it. Yeah. Cast I'm me. I'm what you're looking for. I'm exactly. Chris Pine auditioned too, and he said it was probably the worst audition he's ever had. He actually would have been pretty good in this. I think he would have been excellent in it. Yeah. I, I would have been very on board with that one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who you could have, because it's, it's a weird time. Like, the actors that are going to blow up don't have that quality of just being a regular guy. I agree with you completely there. Yeah, so I, I maybe Sam Worthington was the right choice, <sighs> but... I don't know. I feel like for that much narration and voiceover, get a guy who can at least do an American accent if you're going to call him an American Marine. Right. Just please. Yeah, that makes sense. Unless he's not supposed to be an American Marine. He's just a World Marine a or Earth something. Marine. But then that's just stupid. In the year 2154, after great unification. Of course! <laughs> Do you know how much this thing costs to make? I sure do. $237 million. Right. Do you know where that puts it on the list of the most expensive films ever made? Uh, is that is it first? It's not even close to first. Really? I... Yeah. And this movie was a mystery for a while because James Cameron would not say how much money this thing cost to sure. make. It was also $150 million in marketing. Oh, my God. Is that is that built in, do you think, the product, the oh, budget here? No, so, no, no. Because I've heard that this thing may have touched 500 million but that would uh, it's just, just not, about put it there not reported right jimmy c doesn't want to give those numbers away no he's he's riding that jimmy camry all the way to the bank sure i do have some officially acknowledged production numbers for the most expensive movies ever made oh avatar 237 is official okay according to this wikipedia article so it's well, on the internet it's real if Believe wikipedia it. says it's official it's official it's not like anybody can just go in there and edit it correct i might but still it's gonna be a <laughs> billion dollar movie super the ones that are officially acknowledged at number 14 beauty and the beast from 2017 okay cost 255 million dollars to make that's too much for that movie i agree also number 13 at 258 million is spider-man 3 oh no at number 12 for 259 million Star Wars The Force Awakens. Oh, wow. One of the biggest box office bombs that has ever existed at $264 million. From 2012, John Carter. Worldwide at 284, but you know know. that did not get close to making its money back. No. Because domestic, it did 73 mil. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. International did 211. Uh, But but that is a big old bomb. That's Wow, that's bad. Number seven, it actually stopped them from even talking about future movies. 2018 Solo, A Star Wars Story, cost $275 million. Oh, I have yeah. to imagine that's because they reshot the whole fucking movie. Right. At number two, I'll say number, oh, you know what? I might as well say number four and number three. Number four is Avengers Infinity War, and number three is Avengers Endgame. Sure. Back to back. That makes sense. Infinity War cost 316 unofficial. Endgame cost 356 unofficial. I have to imagine... 75% of Robert Downey Jr.'s yeah, but salary? Maybe 80. Probably. Somewhere yeah. in there, conservatively. I'm going to say 90% of that film's budget was just the cast. Sure. Number two is Avengers Age of Ultron. You seen the theme here with these? Oh, okay. Plus $365 million to make official. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Number one is Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Costs $379 million. Official. And you have to imagine the marketing for that is through the roof. Oh, every single one of them has been. But I don't think I saw that one. I didn't either. I don't even know which one in the series that is. Uh, Number 12? Sure. Who knows? <laughs> That's a lot of m- money to make pretend. Yeah, that is a ton of money. <laughs> that is the economy of some medium-sized countries. I, I would say Luxembourg is just looking at it going, That's a small man. country. Uh, you're right. But they're very rich in heart. Yes. Our listeners in Luxembourg. They, they, love, they love those <laughs> Avengers. So. They are huge fans. <laughs> That's a lot of money. That's a ton of money. And you got to figure out of all these- what actually made money back? I do want to point out the number five unofficial at three hundred million. It's a tie between Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End and Justice League. Oh, okay. 
Superhero movies cost money, man. Superheroes, they do things that generally don't occur practically, so you have to create them in a way. Checks out, right? And I'm sure ILM is not not charging a lot of money. No, but it, I think the crazier part, I'm still looking at this list, number 11 is an animated movie, $260 million. It's tangled. That's a lot of money. Yeah. and For what? Oh, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of the top 10 movies of all time are all Disney. Wow. Big shocker there, right? Wow. Between like a Star Wars and a Marvel and a John Carter. Sure. That's, Man. That's just- That's too much money to make a movie. That's so much money. I can't even imagine a quarter of that. A tenth of that would be like, whoo wee But as we said, I mean, this thing obviously made bank and it made probably its money back because it was the number one film of all time. Sure was. Well, money-wise, at least. Money-wise. Worldwide, for all time- not counting for inflation. In fact, I have a list here. I have four lists. That's of, too many. Of the domestic all-time, domestic adjusted for inflation. Okay. Worldwide all-time, and opening weeks. Oh, damn. Yeah, I went deep here. Okay. And I have the top 15 of each of those lists. Gee, we're not going to do all top 15. We're not going to do all top 15 be here because that would be crazy. Two hours, 42 minutes, Avatar runtime. Exactly. Uh, but there was a reason I chose the top 15. Because they're all Disney. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. Okay. But there was a certain movie I wanted to be on the do- domestic adjusted list. Is it Avengers Endgame? It is not Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame is it was Avatar? the number 16 movie of oh, all time. Oh, didn't make it. It's got to be Avatar. Adjusted. Then. It is Avatar. Okay. It is number 15. 15 all time adjusted for inflation. Damn. Now, the difference in these lists, and it's funny because I was going through the list of the domestic all time, and I was like, well, how many movies in the domestic all-time, not adjusted for inflation- Not adjusted. Were made in the last 10 years? All. All of them but two. All of them but two? Yes. Okay. Oh. One of them just falls out of the 10-year range. I would have- So one of them- One of them's probably Star Wars. No. Really? Really. One of them falls out of the 10-year range. So maybe 2008? Yep. And that would have been- The most profitable movie of 2008. I don't even know. We've probably talked about it, probably during a month that we only talked about it. You got me. The Dark Knight. Really? The Dark Knight comes in at number 12 in domestic all-time. Damn. Movie did all right. Did pretty good. <laughs> but there is one other movie, in the, it comes in sixth place, that was not made in this decade. What decade was it made? The 90s. Lion King. It was made by the same person who made this one. Titanic. Titanic. Really? It's the number six movie of all time. Shit. Not adjusted for inflation. Jimmy Cameron. Everything else came out in the last 10 years. That's got to say so. Well, I mean, obviously the money's there now, though. And all of them, yeah. except for one- All of them got capes. Are all Disney movies. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Whether they're- Bob Iger's just going, they're just jerking it hard, going, <laughs> what's up, you fucking Eisner? That's Disney stuff. Sure, sure, Disney stuff. <laughs> Whether they're Disney movies proper, and by proper I mean, you know, the animated fair or sure, Pixar, sure, or their live action quote unquote remakes, you know, real Second Life is what I call them. Oh, I like that Second Life, yeah. or their Marvel or Star Wars movies. The outlier is number seven, Jurassic World. Yeah, I think they did pretty well. Yeah, for sure. But your top five are Infinity War, Black Panther, Avatar, Endgame, The Force Awakens. Of course it is. But then you start to adjust for inflation. And the list completely changes. I would imagine it's all older stuff. It is mostly older stuff. There is still one movie from that list that hold, or two movies from that list that bring over. Still. Yeah. For inflation. So you're going to have Avatar. Oh. Is not I take the back three adjusted for inflation and move over. Avatar? Yep. Titanic? Yep. And probably Force Awakens? That's right. Okay. But that, I mean, that list has to be older movies. That list is. All very old movies. I would imagine and I'm sure you know what number one is. Gone with the Wind. Absolutely. Number two. Star Wars. Yep. Number three surprised me. Number E.T.? No, E.T.'s number four. Damn it. But number three is The Sound of Music. That is surprising. Yeah. I am not a fan of that movie. <laughs> I actually really enjoy it. <laughs> do you? But it's because my mom loves it and I've watched my it a million times. My father-in-law loves it so. and I can't do it. Just I don't like it. That's fair. And I it's love movie musicals like a lot. Sing in the Rain is a treat. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's something about Nazis, I guess, that just doesn't- Just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> and then you get Jaws and Dr. Zhivago, 
the Exorcist, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. That's the surprising one right there. Yeah. Uh, comes in at number 10. Sure. That's the wow. oldest one on the list, too. 37? 1937. All right. Followed by The Force Awakens, 101 Dalmatians, Empire Strikes Back, Ben-Hur, and Avatar. All right. Ben-Hur, of course. Always squeezes in there somehow. Somehow. I don't know. That number 14 spot. That movie is long and boring. And then you're when you adjust for worldwide all time, which there is no adjustment for inflation on this one because it would bring in crazy stuff that we've never heard of, but the worldwide all time is a very similar list. But? But there's a there's some shakeup at the top where your top five become Infinity War, The Force Awakens, Titanic, Avatar, and Endgame. Wow. It's pretty bonkers. It is pretty bonkers. Endgame, I still can't believe topped it. But I feel like Endgame also cheated. It, as being the most recent one? Well, besides being the most recent one, how they brought it back into theaters with one additional scene. Yeah, so Just did, to get Brian back in his seat. So did Avatar, <laughs> though. Avatar had a re-release. Yeah, but they didn't add anything in order to get people back into their seats. Eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like it got duped? You no. saw it how many times in theaters? How many times in theaters? Three. So you're, I mean, you're a significant chunk of that thing now. Yeah. Oh, of yeah. All time. I mean, I feel You're like a percentage. Brian. I feel like I spent about a million dollars on it. So I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny because when I was when I was establishing this list, I was at work and I was sitting next to my my friend Alex and I was going through this list. Like these are this is crazy that all of these are from the last decade. And he's like, we must be living in the golden time for movies. And I said, no, we're living in the golden time for ticket prices. Yeah, that's got to be true. Because uh, especially be- Avatar, you figure how many of those movies. 3D is going to add a premium to your ticket price and is going to jack what's up a, your... What's a premium so at there's, this point, though? there's your gimmick. You want to talk about Endgame going back into theaters. Avatar was like, 3D, go check out the 3D, and that adds three bucks to every single ticket they sold. We got a whole bunch of friends out in Ohio, and they got pretty pissed off about seeing Endgame in 3D. There are a lot of people who still are are against doing the 3D thing. Go see Avatar 3D if it ever gets re-released. You will not regret it. That's to everybody. Bam. Call to action. You heard it here a lot. After everybody else said it. But exactly. Still, but still. I wasn't going to say first. Been said. It has been said. Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. Avatar. Avatar. Oh, lens. boy. I think it's probably going to be higher than I want it to be. Where do you want it to be? Like a 78? It's higher than you want it to be. Uh, they. It's probably around a 90. It's an 82. Okay. So I'd say reasonable, to tell you the truth. That is reasonable. Audience score, 82. Okay. So- Everyone's kind of on board with this thing. Of, yeah. Yeah, that's totally fine. It's pretty. The general consensus is it might be more impressive on a technical level than as a piece of storytelling, but Avatar reaffirms James Cameron's singular gift for imaginative, absorbing filmmaking. Absolutely. I was absorbed. I was too. It's great. Once I got into it. R- eventually. I was, eventually. I was absorbed. That act one, though? Oh, boy. Snoozer. And I know it because there was a snoozer next to me on the couch. My bad. <laughs> I'm trying to put my hair on his hair, and he's just <laughs> snoring. You don't do that. You don't do that. Did I snore? Antonio Brown, Bill Cosby, you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who was doing it. I didn't do it. Oh, right. Roger Ebert. Yes. He did not know. He, of course, saw this he movie. Saw, Everyone saw this movie. Could you imagine if he was like, <laughs> now I'm going to skip Avatar. That one slipped by me. Blue I had cats, college graduation. Pass. I saw Catwoman. I don't need that. <laughs> pass. Oh, he probably got real jazz about the sex scene. He, of course, he didn't even mention it. Oh, okay. He gave this thing four out of four stars. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. He says, watching Avatar, I felt sort of the same as when I saw Star Wars in 1977. That was another movie I walked into with uncertain expectations. James Cameron's film has been the subject of relentlessly dubious advance buzz, just as his Titanic was. Once again, he has silenced the doubters by simply delivering an extraordinary film. There is still at least one man in Hollywood who knows how to spend $250 million. <laughs> Or was it $300 million? Wisely. Wow. I like how he acknowledges... Then how much did How much you spent on this? Jimmy, tell me how much you spent on this. Yeah. I'm, I'm Roger Ebert. Come on. You, you can tell me. You can tell me. I'm the Ebes. On Amazon. Oh, boy. There's damn near no one stars. I mean, it makes sense. It's all just scratch disc garbage bullshit. There's 7,500 customer reviews on this thing. Wow. 83 of them are five star. Only 4% are one star, and they're legit complaints. Sure. What's fun about that? That's not fun. No, it's not fun. But then I even thought, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we did The Last Airbender? Because a lot of people confuse that with Avatar The Last... Sure. The names are confusing for obvious reasons. You ever seen Avatar The Last Airbender? I have not, but I've... Cartoon? 
No. Oh, I've seen a, a few episodes here and there, but I don't know much about the mythos or anything. It's brilliant. Okay. It is so good. Oh. But then M. Night Shyamalan said- <laughs> <laughs> That is he, a direct quote. Yeah. That's I got it right off of Entertainment Weekly, I'd nice. imagine. That's where he said it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Avatar The Last Airbender has? By the way, for one-star reviews, I don't have any for this either because they're legit just negative. Oh, that's no fun. No, it's that's not just, fun. They're just angry about a bad movie. They're very angry. So what did you ask? Sorry. Rotten Tomatoes, where do you think this thing lands? Avatar The Last 24. Airbender. Yeah, five. You're five? right, five. Yeah, the five? audience score is also 30, which is a problem. Wow. If you subtract the critic score from the audience score, I nailed it. We might as well just give this thing a not-so-super score. I guess we should. I feel bad. I feel like I should apologize, because there's just not a lot of negativity around this thing, besides, it looks great, the story sucks. Nailed it. Fine. Yeah. It, do you, do you uh, like it? I do. <laughs> I like it, because it's pretty. Are you in a rush to see it again? No, clearly not. No. That's, no one is. <laughs> that's why it's like you don't hear anything about Avatar anymore. It's not part of our culture. Just part of our wallets. That's it. Exactly. It's it like, never got any. Remember that movie farther. where we saw that one time back in two thousand, the two thousand. Oh yeah, that was really good. It was like real pretty, but then we never even bought it on Blu-ray. There's nothing sticky about this movie. <laughs> no, it's uh, it came and went. There it is. Super, not so super stuff score for Avatar. The let. Nope. Still not. Still not. That Still one. not. Setting. Ah, uh, do you go one or two? Is the question. Here. I think you go one. You you want to. Keep this thing tame. I think we keep possible. it. We keep it tame. It's Pandora. It is Pandora, and it it's is a world very is built. Pandora. Out. Let's go one. He wanted to go purple sky, blue plants, but decided, you know what? We already got blue people. Let's just take it down a notch. I'm glad he restrained himself. That's good restraint right there. Style and tone. One. Ah, uh, two. I think you're right. I think it's a two. I think it's a two. I think there's just a lot. If there of, had to be one. That's the one. So there's a lot of stuff in there that's uh, just very well done. I mean. Well, game changing for cinema. Style side. Yeah. Tone. I'm over it. Two. All right. Protagonist. Oh, boy. E. If you want to say his motivation is to get legs, then that's not a good motivation in this story because it's brought up once and then never once, brought up again. Right. Also, he's got a dead brother, which is never addressed ever again. Ever again. <sighs> I, I don't care for him all that much. Me either. Uh, 0.25. I think that's fair. He does save the day. He he does, which but... which is almost problematic on its own because right. it's, you know. Yeah, I'll go point two five. Point two five. Antagonist. Scarface. Stephen Lang. He's actually pretty good in this. He is, even if he does just look like a skinny version of Cable. Right. This is just Fern Gully through and through here. Yeah. Uh, point five. They're better than the the protagonist. Yeah, and you have the bumper of Giovanni Ribisi. Point seven five. Uh. But he, not we're not sure what side right. he's on. Got it. Fair. Female characters. I'm going to go one. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think we get a good showing from Sigourney Weaver, not Susan Sarandon. Whichever one was in this movie. And then Joe, she did Zoe a Saldana. good job. Just... Zoe Saldana steals this movie, in my so opinion. She good. is so good in this movie. Story and motivation. Ooh. I saw it before. Uh, I saw yeah. it. I've seen it a few times. It's not before. original, and we've said it's shallow. I think it's zero. I think it might be a zero. And if you really, really, really want to stretch it, point two five, I don't think it's there. No, music. I didn't care for it. I it was there. No, but it wasn't. It, it wasn't because there's no point where the music kind of builds up to a moment or anything right. like that. It just kind of exists. It's just. It's it is so deep in the background, and, also because yeah. you have all this foley noise going on, also, and it just covers up a all. Ton. It's amazing sound design. The sound design is great. The mixing, I was not okay. I, with, I didn't care but... for it because the music, I didn't, I didn't think was very good. Right. So I'll go zero. I, I actually can't. Zero. I am actively trying to think of any music from this movie. No, and there I is cannot. no recognizable theme or Nothing. anything. Uh, the one from Troy. Oh, right. But that's because I like the music <laughs> of Troy, Troy a lot. Is, yeah. Industry impact. This is complicated because it was the number one movie for a decade. And it's getting four sequels. And it's getting, <laughs> it's guaranteed two sequels, but if right. they don't make money, there will only be two. But they're going to make money because of what they I'm are. I'm going to go one because I feel like this movie pushed Even though the we... industry into a new realm of CGI. 2009, it did. Yeah, but he was also inspired by Gollum and and used a lot of the same techniques. He just brought it to, I don't know. And we've said that it didn't have sticking power. It's kind that of That story-wise doesn't have sticky power. It, and that's completely true. But, but even as part I'm talking of- about, I'm talking about 
the industry. I'm not talking about us as the audience. I'm talking about the industry. Okay. I feel like what they did with mocap and creating an entire world that we see here. Sure. I know it's been done, but it had not been done this well up until this point. Sure. I feel like this thing really catapulted it to the next level. I feel like this movie pushed cinema to its next form. That's fair. So I want to give this thing a one. And it did get nominated for nine Academy Awards. That's a lot. Three of Considering which- that, what is it? I mean, the most one is 11. Something I feel like, like that's that. 11th and one by, I know Lord of the Rings Return of the King won 11. Ugh. I mean, oh, good You've for never it. seen it. Don't even. There's something else. Maybe Titanic, but I don't remember. Maybe. Something else. It only like won 11 the number I remember. But. It won the ones you'd expect. Best art direction, sure. best cinematography, best visual effects. Sure. Which it deserved easily. Absolutely. I can't believe it was nominated for best sound mixing. I'm shocked, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I would say I think genre impact, it's tough because it didn't have sticking power. It's not People genre, it's industry. Stop seeing it. Industry. Right. In, in, okay. Big time one. I guess it's a one. Director. It's we, a one. It is definitely a one. It's, a, it's probably more than a one. It's pr- I kind of want to go like one five. I don't want to give him a full two. I think one five because is Because I think Kevin Costner deserves the co-director for Dance of Wolves. <laughs> but <laughs> I kind of want to go one five because this think, is a vision that was brought to life. And, and the smartest move he, he made on. directing was not doing it when the technology wasn't there. I completely agree. That's a one five. And then one-liners. I got nothing. Uh, I see you. I don't care. Nope, me either. That's and the best zero. part was I laughed at a couple things in this, and I can't re- even remember what I no, laughed at. No, I couldn't at. tell you. It was probably anything Giovanni Ribisi said because he's, he's like- gr- I actually was like Sigourney Weaver stuff. But I, oh, okay. Or Susan Sarandon. Whoever was in this movie. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, her. <laughs> That's going to give Avatar a final not-so-super-stuff score of 7.25. I which think that nailed it. I think that's exactly where it belongs. It's a, a visual masterpiece, a treat for the eyes. See it on a big screen, but you know, don't invest in the story too much. No. <laughs> Take it for what it's worth. Or the characters. Don't do that. <laughs> it's a very good movie. About 7.25 worth of good movie. Yeah. If you disagree with that, you can tell us by sending us an email to katepodcasters at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at katepodcasters. And don't be afraid to give us a rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or anything else. Don't forget to keep listening at the end of every episode for the post credits. And just a little teaser for Avatar 2 coming December 17, 2021 on IMDb. The stars, the three that are listed, Zoe Sedana, yep. Kate Winslet, and Vin Diesel. Oh, well, that's an interesting choice. That is different. Sam Worthington's also there. Oh, okay. Fourth build. Sure. So what are we talking about next week, Dave? Next week, it's time to go find your bike in the basement of the Alamo. We're talking Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> oh, I'm very excited. I've never been more excited in my life. Oh, A I'm whole so episode excited. of Paul Rubens? Yes, please. Oh, man. Movie theaters, look out. Right. He didn't even put his hair all over the seats in he the theater. Went... He just jerked it. He just went right for the wiener. Wow. Yeah. Went right for the wiener. Right. That's it, but next Wait, week. Do you th- yeah. Do you think the Navi- They took it right out of Paul Rubin's playbook. They they just take their braids and- Never mind. It's a weird question. It is a weird question. I don't think I want to know, actually. Write in. Let us know you how you think the Navi reproductive system works. I don't know. Yeah, do, how, <laughs> how do the Navi crank down? <laughs> What's that process like? They plug into Awa and- then and they're like they jerk off to their ancestors. I don't know. Well, I know they're weird. They're blue. They are. They're, okay. Let's not. Fair. Fair. We'll see you next week for Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Same pod time. Same pod. <laughs>
it's his twin brother, Tom, who isn't dead after all. <laughs> it's like a soap opera. And Neytiri's like, oh, I want to tangle my hair up in that. Oh, no. Dave, what do you think happens? That's so, so many questions. <laughs> what I think happens is the year's 2013. Okay. Movie 43. Are you familiar with it? No. It's considered one of the worst movies ever made. There was a bunch of different directors with a bunch of different shorts within it. Some of the directors are Elizabeth Banks, Peter Farrelly, James Gunn, Brett Ratner, Bob Odenkirk, and they just made oh, their wow. own kind of clip show movie type thing. Sure. There's one directed by Peter Farrelly called Truth or Dare, where it is Halle Berry and Stephen Merchant on a blind date, I like and they're one-upping each other into insanity. Mine's kind of reimagining of that. Okay. Where Halle Berry sits down, Peter Farrow's like, just trust me on this one. Just trust me on this one. I got you a good date. This is going to be great. This is going to be exactly what you need, Halle Berry. I'm going to make you forget <laughs> all about Catwoman. And across from her, you just see Jake Sully, Navi, <laughs> big old blue cat man sits down, starts twirling his braided hair, and Halle Berry goes, nope, 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 nope. <laughs>